Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. How would you like to have a great life? Okay, good, I thought so. Do you know that's what God wants for you? He wants you to have a great life. Jesus said that. John chapter 10, verse 10, one of the great verses of the Bible. The thief's purpose, talking of Satan, is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, here's what I came for, here's what I want. I want to give you a rich and satisfying life. I want to give you a great life. I want you to have a life that is abundant and a life that is beyond expression. So what he does is say, this is what I want for you. Let me give you some traits. Let me give you some ideas of what it takes to have this great life. And so he begins with a great commandment. He says, if you want a great life, here's what you have to do. It's a commandment, not a suggestion, not a, well, maybe this is important, this is critical. He says, here it is. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, he's asked, teacher, what's the most important commandment in the law of Moses? What's the most important commandment from this point back to the beginning of time? What's the most critical thing that I need to know? And Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second, equally important. In other words, similar, the same. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the word neighbor has been defined for us in Scripture because remember one day somebody asked, who's my neighbor? Jesus gives them the story of the Good Samaritan, saying your neighbor is someone who you pass by in life who just needs some help. And you pass and I pass by those people every day, don't we? And he says, that's your neighbor. Love him as yourself. The entire law, all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In other words, if you do these two things, you will please God and have a great life. You will honor God by doing them. It's what you need to do. You don't need a list of rules. You don't need a list of don't do this and do this. All you need is to understand if you love God and love people, you'll keep all the rules. So that's what we give our attention to. So it becomes critical for us to define love biblically because we live in a world that really has a horrible definition of what love is. So let's look at it today. What does it mean to love? First of all, understand something. Love is a command, not a suggestion. It is a command. Jesus says, this is what you have to do. You want a great life. You want to do what's right. Then this, you have to do it. It's not debatable. You don't get to question it. I'm just telling you up front, the greatest of everything, of all the rules and everything else is you have to love. John 15, 12. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And how did he love us? Just as we are. Now, already somebody go, oh, I don't like where this is going. But it's a command. He says, that, that's what I want. First John 3.23, this is his commandment. 
We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, love one another just as He commanded us. So that's where it starts, understanding that this is not something I need to question or doubt. God tells me, this is what you have to do. Now, please understand something. God will never ask you to do something you can't do. So you can't say, oh, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Well, you maybe can't do it on your own. You're going to need some help, and he's offering that. But he's telling you, you can do this. This is what I expect of you. This is what I want from you. If you need my help, I'm all in to help you. But you have to love me, love people. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Oh, okay, yeah, I guess. It's what he wants. It's what he expects. But secondly, love is a choice. Love is a choice. In other words... God says, I'm going to give you a free will. I I won't force you to love me because love can't be forced. Love has to be given. You cannot force somebody to love you. They have to choose to do so. We have a free will. Love has to be given freely. So he says, look, this is what I expect of you. This is what I want from you. Now you have a choice to make. Are you going to give me your love and love other people or are you not? Your call, your choice, but you know what I want. You know what I I demand from you, but will you be willing to do it? If you want a great life, this is part of it. Romans 14, 13. Let's stop condemning each other decide, choose instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Now, love doesn't mean that I agree with everything that you do. Now, we live in a time when somebody has a certain way of living or does something, and if I disagree with it and say so, it's called hate speech. No, I don't hate you. I might disagree with you, but love says, I want what's best for you. And so, I don't have to agree with everything you do. You have your opinion. That's fine. I don't have to agree with it. Has it ever considered that you may be wrong? No, probably not. Uh, You know, It's this choice. I choose to love you. So we think, well, if you choose to love me, then you'll never do anything bad to me. You'll always take away, and you'll give me what I want and do what I want, and you'll act in a way that pleases me, and you'll just do everything that I think is right. Wrong. I will always act in a loving way to you, but that doesn't mean I always agree with you. If you've raised kids at all, you know this. When you know what's best for them, And you say, look, I'm not going to do this for you because it's not good for you. What's their call? You don't love me. You're not letting me do this. You're not letting me go here. You're not letting me have this. I really need this. And if you really love me, I do love you. And because I want what's best for you, I know this will harm you and hurt you. I do love you. And because you've done this, I'm going to have to discipline you because I care so much about you. 
then I can't let you go on and harm yourself. And my love for you causes me to act in a way that is beneficial for you. That's what love does. Love says we have our differences, but I still love you. And you see, we've lost that in our country today. You can't have a civil conversation with somebody if you're on the wrong side of the aisle. It's nice and quiet in here today. Love says we can have our differences and that's fine. I'll still love you. And if your opinion's different than mine, that's okay, no big deal. I can let that go. And I just choose to love you no matter what you do. Now, how many of you know that sometimes people are a little difficult? Okay? Don't, don't look at the person next to you right now. Okay? And, and so it says, look, I've made a choice in life that no matter who I come across, I'm going to act in a loving manner. And I'm going to do that no matter how obnoxious they are, no matter how much I disagree with them and how they operate and what they do and how they live, I'm still going to love them. But my love for you doesn't mean I give you everything you want. Thus, God operates in that manner. I love you, I'm not going to give you everything you want because it would be harmful for you to have it all. And thus, when God doesn't give us what we think we deserve, or God operates in a manner that we don't like, we begin to question him and say, well, if that's the way you're going to be God, I'm not going to follow you. Love keeps loving, no matter what. And you make the choice. Well, I don't love them anymore. That's your choice. No, I can't. Yes, you can. God will never ask you to do something you can't do. Well, I, 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 they just... Do you love them or not? Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Are there any comfort from His love? Is there any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender, compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Agree to get along loving one another, working together with one mind and one purpose. How can we do that? We have one mind and one purpose. We want to honor God. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. We just had a repeat from what Jesus said about that commandment, right? Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Love says... I will always act in a manner that is best for you, even when it's not necessarily best for me. Well, I, I just got to confront them. I just got to deal with this. They just need to know, well, before you do that, you deal with the log in your own eye before you deal with the speck in theirs. Love has the ability to overlook Love says no matter what you do, any parent knows it, no matter what your kids do, you still love them. You might not agree with them. 
You might not like their choices, but you still love them. And you're still called upon to act in that love. doesn't mean you give them everything they want. It just means you love them. And so God says, here's my command. If you want a great life, you're going to have to love me and love people. And it's your, cho- your choice, your call. You can decide whether or not to do that. So every day, you and I make that choice. Am I going to love God and love people? It's our choice every day, every moment. Correct? All right, glad we got that. Thirdly, love is confirmed. Well, how do I know I'm doing this? How, how, how do we know somebody really loved God? Because if, if you love, you have to demonstrate that love. It's not enough to say, oh, I love you, and then act in a manner that is contrary to what you just said, is it? Hello? No. Oh, God, I really love you. And then you go out and party like a drunken sailor. I'm sorry for all the sailors. I didn't mean anything bad. You know, so you really love God? Oh, yeah, I do, but I... Now, you have to demonstrate, confirm that you do love Him. John 14, 15, If you love me, Jesus says, obey my commandments. Now, we can easily say, what's His commandment? Love God, love people. His commandments are also, don't steal, don't lie. Right? And so, if I love him, I don't, I don't do those things. You see, we don't get to say one thing and then act differently contrary to it. We have to be consistent. That's how I confirm my love. My actions and my words line up. 1 John 4.20 If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. That means this, they're not a Christian. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? When you become a Christian, you are responsible to love people. All Christians love people. That's how we confirm our love for God. He he says it well here. He says, look, you can say you love God. Nobody can prove that one way or another because he's unseen. But I'm going to show you how you can do this in a manner that is very visible. If you really love me, it will be shown by the way you love other people. Not just a select few but everyone. 1 John 5, 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments aren't a burden. Because if you love somebody, it's not a burden to do what needs to be done. And so what Jesus says and what this commandment says is, I expect you to love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your being, and I expect you to demonstrate that by the way you love other people. It's your choice and your call. But know this, when you don't love people, 
you don't love me. Am I reading that wrong? That's what I said, right? So it's the way it goes. And if I want a great life, that's what I have to do. It's not easy. It's not simple. But that's what Scripture says. Because the enemy comes in and says, oh no, if you want a great life, you go here, you do this, you have this, you accumulate this, you, you get this, you find this magical person that does everything you want them to do, and you find all the resources and money you could possibly have, and you get this, and you have this possession, and you do this, and you get to do all this every time, any, throughout the week, you do whatever you want to do, and when everybody does what you want, and when things go the way you want it to go, then you think, oh, they love me. But life isn't like that, and the enemy knows that he makes that promise and never delivers because you and I all know people who've had all of that stuff and were not happy. So he says, you want a great life? I've got it for you. Here's the command. Here's what you've got to do to have it. Love me. Love people. And prove it by the way that you live. Pretty clear. But let me go on. Love is our characteristic. In other words, when somebody looks at us as a Christian, the thing that should stand out is how we love people. Now, let me just talk about us, the church. We should be a church that loves people. Would you agree with that? Okay. So it's easy to say, I love the people out there. It's a little harder to say, I love everybody in here. Because it's easier to love somebody you don't have to live with. It's much harder to live with someone you see on a regular basis. Someone that you have some knowledge of, of how they're operating, what they do. And so-and-so said, what about me? So-and-so didn't say hi to me today? So-and-so didn't smile? I wonder what's wrong. They must not like me. I digress. No, I don't. John 13, 34. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Our proof is not in how many people we feed. It's not in how many buildings we build. It's not how we do all kinds of stuff. Our proof is, look at the way we love one another. Now, the church has not been good at this, I will admit. Down through the course of history, the church has not acted very lovingly, has it? But you and I are called to love other people. And if we will act in a loving manner, it will benefit them and benefit us. So love is our characteristic. No matter what other people do, it comes to that place where we're willing to say, I will love you no matter what. My wife and I were um, on vacation a few weeks ago and a few places, and I heard through the grapevine that someone uh, made a few comments about uh, my football team. Um <laughs> you know, and started talking a little smack uh, about it and how, you know, their team was going to be, you know, so great and so wonderful. And 
Um, fortunately for all of us, they were put in their place, and rightfully so, but you still love them. Even though they're wayward, even though they, you know, don't know anybody, you still love them. No matter what goes on, our characteristic and our trait is look at how they love each other. You won't find that at work. You won't even find that in a bar. You should only find that in the church. That should be what is our badge. We love each other. And because of that, we love other people too. That's us. That's us. But we have to understand that love is costly. It's costly. This is not easy. This is not saying, oh yeah, I'll sign up for that and I'll do that and there'll be a piece of cake. No, it won't. Because the enemy is going to do everything he can to sow division, to put things in place, to cause you to compromise. Oh, I'll give this up so that they'll love me and like me. No, you have to hold true to what's right, but do it in a way that just does not create conflict. Try to get along with everybody. Love costs you something. Well, how much does it cost me? Everything. Everything. You see, when you stood up one day and said, I do, to another person, you were not aware that what you were saying is, I will consider you before I consider me. And I will live for you and not for me. But how many relationships are ended because someone says, I choose not to love them anymore because I'm going to think of me. Pretty tough. It sounds noble. It sounds like, oh yeah, I can do that until you have to do it. And that's what John says, Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 12, he says, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I've loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. Love says, I will give up my life for you. And I'll ask you a simple question. Is that not what Jesus Christ did for us? We we sung about it. He died on a cross for our sins. What made him do that? Why would he do that? There's only one reason. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever would believe in him, I can't make him. Here's the offer. I'll give you everlasting life. I'll give you a great life. I'll give you everything you want. He died for us when we didn't care because he loved us. Love lays down their life for others. Now, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'd take a bullet for him. If somebody was there, I'd jump in front. I'd take the bullet and say, be that person. I'm asking for something much harder. I'm asking you to say no to you and yes to somebody else and do it their way instead of yours. To when they give you their opinion, you don't have to give yours back saying, okay, I understand what you're saying. We'll talk about it. We can, I can consider it. And you might just consider it for a moment and say, no, nah, that's, that's garbage. But you don't have to attack. 
You don't have to express. Because love says, look, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And he died for you. I will do the same. That's love. And that's a choice every one of us have to make if we're followers of Christ. It's a choice that every one of us have to make if we want a great life. Now the world says, if you do that, you're going to get walked over. You're, you're going to, you know, you're not going to get nothing that you want. Your life is going to be miserable and everybody's going to take advantage of you and you'll just be nothing but a doormat. Well, I choose not to believe that because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, if I will humble myself, God will lift me up. And God will give me a great life. Now, here's the deal. So many of us don't believe that. Because our actions show otherwise, don't they? And he says, here's what I want. I want you to be willing to pay the price to love. And the price is simply this. You lay down your life for somebody else. Not just the people close to you, not just your relatives, not just the people you like, but everyone. You no longer live for you. You now live for God. I guarantee you, if you do that, you will have a rich and satisfying life. That's not me making the promise. That's God's Word making that promise. And finally, how long do I have to do this, Pastor? Oh, not long. 80 years, 90 years. It's not very long. Because love always continues. Does God ever stop loving you? Never. Lamentations 3.22 The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. No matter what you do or where you are, God loves you. Well, if he really loved me, he'd answer this prayer and he'd do this the way I want him to and he'd do that. No, no, no. He loves you so much that he knows what's best for you. And he will always act, always in your best interest. Because he loves you. God always loves you. And aren't you glad that every day when you wake up, his mercies are new? Because I don't know about you, but I've exhausted them by the time the day's over. Right? We understand that. And so he says, it just always goes on. So Paul writes in Corinthians this great definition of love. If you had a dictionary, this should be the definition. It should be the only one. It's not the definition the world uses. But it's God's definition. And I think if anybody knows love, God it does because God is love. 1 Corinthians 13.4 Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. Boy, that would end a lot of discussions in marriages, wouldn't it? 
it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And that takes time sometimes, doesn't it? Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Love lasts forever. That's love. So I walked out and said, who would like to have a great life? Oh yeah, me, sign me up. I'm all in for that one. Okay, here's where it starts. God gives a command. It's the greatest commandment there is. And he says, here's what you need to do to have this great life. I want you to love me with everything you got. And I want you to love other people the same way. And I understand this is hard, but it's your choice. I'm not going to make you. I've demonstrated my love for you. I laid down my life for you. Will you lay down your life for me? And will you let that be demonstrated? Will you let that come about? Will you let that come to a place where it's confirmed by the way that you live and the way that you act? And will you do this over and over again so that others can see? And will you pay that price throughout your lifetime? And if you will, you will have a rich and satisfying life. Now, final question, simply this. Do you really believe that? There's a lot of people today that don't. Unfortunately, there's too many Christians today that don't. So maybe you're here today and you're listening and you're at a place where you need to accept God's love for you and give your life to Him and stop living for yourself and start living for God because you want to love Him because He's loved you. And you need to step across that line and accept Christ, become a Christian. For the Christians listening, you're here today and you've accepted Christ, but your love is spotty. As long as everything's fine, you can love, but when things get a little difficult and hard or there's some disagreement, you fly off the handle. You say things, do things you shouldn't do. You act in ways that are unloving, unkind. You'd say, you know what? I need to remember that as a Christian, I am called to love people just like God loves people as they are. My job is not to change people. That's God's job. My job is to love people. And when I love people, they're much more willing to accept the love of God. So how are you doing? Where do you find yourself? Can we all just take a moment before I conclude in a prayer? God help me. God, here's where I am. Here's what I need to do. Let me give it to you and ask for your help. Take a moment and do that, would you? Just there in your seat. this is a very hard thing for us to do because we're very selfish people. 
we tend to operate in a manner that is in our best interest, thinking that our way is the right way, or at least it's our way. No one has a right to tell me any different. But you've come and given us a different way to live. It's the truth where the enemy gives us a lie because he just wants to steal and destroy. You've said, I've come to give you life, a rich and satisfying one. Here's where it starts. Love me with everything you have. And let that be demonstrated by loving people. So God, would you help us? First of all, for some to accept your love into their life so that their life can be changed. For others to live in the love that you gave and give and continue to give and be willing to love others in the same way. Lord, you came to give us a great life. Help us to receive what you offered to us in your ways. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.